the starting point is a data partnership that can respond to the evolving compliance challenges over time. I also think that it will be really important to have a global outlook because the EU is the start, but there are developments in other jurisdictions as well. ESG has exploded into compliance and business consciousness in 2021. Join Tom Fox, the voice of compliance, on the ESG Report and learn about sustainability risks, opportunities, and issues that business leaders and compliance professionals need to know about regarding ESG. In today's episode, we continue with the series Myth-Busting ESG and FAQs, Part 2, from CSS with Greg Huddling and Mary Cherry. This podcast is cross-posted on the ESG report with the permission of Compliance Solutions Strategies, who I wish to thank for allowing me to do so. Hi, this is Natalie Silverman for CSS. Welcome to our next episode of Coffee and Regs. On today's ESG and FAQs Part 2, we're demystifying the complicated world of ESG, including the latest regulatory developments the complexity of ESG data, and what ESG actually means for investment managers. Please welcome Regulatory Content Manager at CSS, Greg Hotelling, and our ESG specialist, Mary Cherry. Good morning, Greg and Mary, and thanks for sitting down for Coffee and Regs. Thanks, Natalie. Greg Hotelling here with CSS, and I have my colleague with me, Mary Cherry. Now, the idea of these regulatory technical standards coming out into, it dovetails a little bit into the data that's required and what the investment management community can expect as far as the data that they'll be able to get their hands on. Do we have a sense about whether asset managers either currently or even in the near future will have the data they need to comply? Yeah. So I'll definitely keep this answer to high level because We've discussed this as well in earlier podcast episodes. So I'll direct listeners to earlier episodes where we really get into the weeds on the data demands from the EU set of regulations. It is quite detailed, but the short answer to your question is that there is a current and I think will be a persistent gap in the available ESG data as compared to the data that's being demanded by the SFDR, the taxonomy by the EU set of regulation. Yeah, I think it's an issue discussed a lot. At the moment, the industry is very reliant on ESG data vendors to help fill that gap. And so they are working very hard to provide the data. But I think that we're going to see it in, in a couple of places where that gap really persists for a long time. And I think that's one we will see, at least in the medium term, a persistent gap with regard to private equity, because for non-listed companies, for small investee companies, and for companies operating outside of the reach of the EU, this data will not be available. Companies won't be within scope of the EU regulation when the regulation eventually catches up to itself, so to speak. So just to explain that is that the SFDR and the EU taxonomy demands quite detailed data around environmental issues such as greenhouse gas emissions, carbon footprint. It also seeks, in some cases, social data on the existence of different types of social policies. At the moment, within the EU, there is not a similar corresponding obligation to disclose all of that information for EU companies that might be investment companies of EU asset managers. That's the first problem, that even if you're within the EU, that the regulation 
hasn't caught up to the demands of the SFDR. So that is the, you referred earlier, Greg, to the NFRD and the, the CSRD, so the Non-Financial Reporting Directive, right. which will soon be amended by the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. And the hope is that those amendments will bring the reporting requirements for EU corporates in line with demands of the SFDR and also the taxonomy, which is focused on green activities, what's considered right. green. Is that because just from a high level, the SFDR focuses on sustainable finance and on the sector of financial services, whereas the Corporate Sustainable Reporting Directive focuses more on companies in general and whether they are sustainable. And they're the kind of investee companies. They're the ones that are being looked at and invested in by the financial sector. Is that a fair way to, to look at it? Yeah, that's it. So they, okay. these are the portfolio companies. These are the companies that make up the portfolios of the EU investment managers. Right, and so right. the data that's being requested is by reference to those companies. But at the moment, you know, there's a, a big gap between the data that's available and the data being demanded by the regulation. And for the EU corporates, EU investment companies, you can um, sort of hope for the day that that gap will be perfectly and completely uh, closed. And then, but for companies outside of the EU, then yeah, this will be a problem that that drags on. Right. Okay. Interesting. And if we took what you said and we wanted to wrap it up in two or three bullet points for the investment manager and their compliance department, what would you tell them? I think is really important to have a data partnership that can evolve with the demands of this regulation. We didn't talk for very long about the taxonomy. I've only mentioned it in part, but the taxonomy is another big piece of EU regulation that while it doesn't apply directly to the financial sector as a whole in the way that the SFDR does, the data demands impact disclosures made under the SFDR. And the taxonomy is just a good example of sort of the piecemeal development of ESG regulation within the EU. So the taxonomy sets out to identify green activities with regard to six environmental objectives. At the moment, the draft classification standards are only available for two of the six objectives. And so we'll be waiting for that to further develop. We've mentioned that the NFRD and changes that will be coming under the CSRD, so the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive. We haven't seen those changes yet, so they're coming. So this regulation is continuing to evolve. We'd expect that the obligations under the SFDR, which are also at the moment still only in draft form and still being finalized, will continue to evolve. So I think that the starting point is a data partnership that can respond to the evolving compliance challenges over time. I also think that it will be really important to have a global outlook because the EU is the start, but there are developments in other jurisdictions as well. The UK as a separate jurisdiction, you know, has chosen a different path and has chosen to primarily focus on the environmental piece through the requirement of the TCFD, the Task Force on Climate Related Financial Disclosures. Within the US, under the current administration, the SEC is considering environmental-related disclosures and has sought public input on what a potential disclosure scheme would look like. So I think from an ESG regulatory perspective, having the global outlook, being able to have a system in place that can, yeah, allow you to be, I would say, yeah, flexible and and to deal with the global regulation and the convergence and most likely divergence across jurisdictions. 
Yeah. And when you say divergence, that makes me think of, and you mentioned the U.S., that makes me think of how certainly in the U.S. you see the kind of sanctity of the fiduciary duty of a corporation to its shareholders. And that fiduciary duty really involves maximizing profits. You know, it doesn't necessarily say to maximize more general societal benefits. At least now it doesn't. Maybe in the future it should. That's a whole separate argument. So, yeah, when you say variety of different responses, no doubt that it's sure to happen. One big challenge within ESG data is that there is really a, a lack of consistency in the type of data that's collected in the way that is reported by the biggest ESG data firms. And so that I think is very important for firms to have a partner that is really agnostic to the ESG data provider and can process different sources of ESG data while the standards around ESG data become more and more clear because we're just now in the early, early stages. I think that as part of the disclosure process, we will see the markets, I think, start to converge around particular standards or particular types of calculations until you, you want to be in a position where your data partner can process different sources of ESG data and not be dependent on a single source black box of ESG data. Yeah, I think with a lot of well-known regulatory regimes, whether it's MIFID II or especially ESG now, or almost any of them, you know, you're going to have these edge cases, you're going to have prosecutions for offenses and violations because, you know, that's why there are laws in the first place. It's because, you know, there are rules not to be broken. That happens in investment monitoring too. And I realize ESG has more popular sentiment behind it. And so therefore it could be thought of as more of a hot button issue. But if we looked at that question and said, well, okay, the usefulness of these regs, have you gotten a sense from the investment management community or from, or just in general from commentary of how ESMA, how the EU commission how the powers that be in Europe have been doing so far in manufacturing this ESG regulation. Have they been doing a good job? Have there been a lot of criticism? Have you seen any opinions on that? I think one consensus opinion is that the EU is doing the right thing by creating ESG regulation. One, it addresses the issue of the lack of standardization within the industry. It gets, most importantly, at greenwashing and targets you know, the market has been far, in a sense, because of the voluntary initiatives we discussed, the market is far ahead of the regulation, in a sense, in thinking about environmental, social and governance issues in the investment process. And what we've also seen is that there is a risk that because of the popularity of ESG or sustainable finance, and especially in the wake of the pandemic, that we've seen a lot of investment directed towards you know, ESG marketed or sustainable finance marketed funds. So to deal right. with the potential for greenwashing, which is overstating your ESG credentials, you know, in the context of product, the EU regulation, I think, is considered in general a welcome development because for the firms that have been doing this on their own for a long time, Although they may not have done it in exactly the terms of the EU regulation, exactly the terms that the SFDR is looking for in the particular data categories that it expects disclosures on, you know, they have had their processes in place for processing this type of data. And we've seen it in particular in the market that I'm in, in the Netherlands and in the Nordics, asset managers have distinguished themselves by being able to classify on March 10th a very large percentage of their product offerings as either article eight SFDR products or Article 9 SFDR products. So these are 
the two ESG categories of funds under the SFDR. Thanks, Mary and Greg, for the insight into how you like your regs in the morning. For CSS, this is Natalie Silverman.